On the like table con what is it? Table of con uh, periodic table. <laughs> oh my table of content. <laughs> That's my fault. Um periodic table, there are elements. I don't know if I'm ready, but I hope so. Hey there. Welcome to episode nine of I Should Know This with Ellie and Joey. It is the holiday episode. It is the holiday episode. Okay. Well, who went first last time? I don't know. How do you never know? Because I don't keep track of it. This is your podcast, baby. Oh, geez. I'm just very supportive. I don't remember. I really don't. Okay. I don't remember what the topic was. So we did Pisco. That was what you asked me. And then what did you ask me last time? I don't remember. <laughs> I asked you about tannins. Batteries. Okay. So that doesn't help me. I don't know. Oh, I think I asked you first. Okay, so, I so get you to... ask me first this time. All right. First, let me say, hey, Siri, happy holidays. Our Christmas lights just turned on. He loves the smart plugs. Oh, they're so good. So my question has to do with what just happened a little bit. Ooh. So we have some Christmas lights up, some mm -hmm. holiday lights up. They're strung through the garland. They look very beautiful, very festive. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas to those that celebrate. So back in the day, we had regular bulbs, right? They weren't these LED bulbs. And if one of them got crushed, they wouldn't turn on. The whole string of them wouldn't turn on. And we'd have to find the bulb that was, that was broken or that got disconnected. And now we have these LED bulbs and they're phenomenal. I don't think they'll ever go out, knock on wood. <laughs> so my question is, what is the technology that they used to fix that? What was the issue that was going on with that? I think you should know this. This is very... Yeah, I should know this. And I hope that I say everything correct because I know that I do know it, but I'm worried that I'm going to word it wrong. But the old way that the lights, any electronics can be like a circuit can be done in series or in parallel. Okay. So and the basic explanation of that is series means if it's in this if there's one line, they're in line with each other. And parallel is parallel. <laughs> so they're connected but only like at the top and the bottom. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, I mean for me it makes sense. So in series or in parallel. Okay. So if you can imagine old lights, they're basically the exact same thing as what you have like in a ceiling like light bulb just really small so they have two little metal prongs and a filament in between and that's what emits all of the light that you're seeing mm -hmm. um but that filament is closing the circuit so when it's in series if that gets broken it opens the circuit so usually what would happen was like all of the lights up into the broken one would stay on, but then that broken one would go out. Not with my lights. But okay, so. <laughs> all the lights wouldn't work. So what that tells me then is, you know how there's like two wires that are basically t going mm -hmm. around each other? So it's think of it as one big loop of wire and it needed to be closed in order for all of the lights to be on. So as soon as one of the lights went out, it opened and that closed and that when it's open circuit, like nothing's going to run through it. If that makes sense. So it's like broken chain. Yeah. But the thing is, so they started 
that was like if you that might have been like the cheapest way to like not use a ton of wire when stringing all of these lights together but then what you said would happen so they would do different things they would change or do a variety of series in parallel so like when it's in parallel if one of the lights goes out and there's no filament in between the two little prongs so it's open the current will still run through all of the other ones because if you think of it like a ladder if one of the ladders is broken rungs or rungs whatever it can still like make its way around there's still a path that it can take to get to complete the circuit if so you can go from sense. the left side of the ladder through any of the rungs to go to the right side so it doesn't matter if you break one of the rungs as long as there's still one rung intact. Yeah, and like current will always go through the path of least resistance. So like sometimes it'll skip rungs if that one's like way more resistant or a lot less current will go through it than so the back others. So back to Christmas lights. Yeah. There's now three cables or there's three wires that go from one end to the other. So what is going on there? I think it's still just a combination of parallel and series. Um, we haven't had a light go out on one of these, but I have a feeling that if that happened, it would be by itself. So what I can imagine, a lot of time, I don't know like how to describe this. You know what a daisy chain is? I know what it is. So it's like daisy chain together, but then there's a, like a, a, a... A daisy chain is basically a bunch of rings. It's basically like a chain. Yeah. And I and I think why there's three because it's like a combination of all of the, it's probably a parallel and some in series and then a closing loop to finish the circuit. So there's basically <laughs> that makes sense. there's one wire that's a positive, there's another wire that's a negative, and then there's a wire that connects the bulb to both the positive and negative, so that each one can individually be lit. Are you telling me that's what it is, or you are guessing? So. If we use the ladder analogy, uh -huh. you have one side of the ladder being the positive, the other side being the negative, mm -hmm. and then each of the rungs is essentially a bulb connected between the sides. So this way, if one of the bulbs or rungs gets broken, the rest still work. Mm -hmm. So that would explain the third yeah. wire. And they can do the same thing with the older lights, too. It's It has nothing to do with the fact that our new ones are LED. No, I think that, you know... It probably was cheaper to manufacture this way and maybe more people started doing it this way, which is why all the Christmas light manufacturers got competitive. But back in my day, when we had either the white lights or the colored lights, I don't know if it was because we were cheap or if technology was bad. I think it was technology was bad that you would have a bulb and it would go out and it would cause mm -hmm. a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And you didn't yeah, have it running in parallel. Or if you stepped on one and it like shattered, that was always dangerous. I think the other thing too is it's like we can wrap our lights around a garland even though it's fake garland. If it was real garland, we could do it too. But older lights would obviously heat up a lot more than LEDs do and it was really unsafe, especially if the garland like dried out. And if it was fake, then it could like melt from the amount of heat that those lights were dissipating. Sure. It's just like not very efficient and it would be expensive to pay for it too. Got it. All right. <laughs> Did I answer your question? I think so. I feel like you already knew the answer to it. Parts of it, but Okay. I mean, it's a holiday question, so <laughs> Oh man, I don't I don't think mine's themed. Go for it. So I wanted to ask something 
that I think you should know, but I guess I, j- I wanted to know what makes something radioactive and why we're taught that that's like bad for the human body. Science, Ellie. That's the basic answer. <laughs> so radiation is a type of wave, right? So there's the radioactive wave, the radio wave. I don't know if that's right, the radio wave, but man, radioactive. I haven't had to deal with that. Well, actually ever in my life, except for reading about it. Oh, really? So I can't say that I'm an expert on radioactive, but there are materials that are radioactive. Like elemental. Elemental. The most basic. On the like table, what is it? Table of con- uh, periodic table. Oh my! <laughs> table of contents. <laughs> it was my fault. Um, periodic table. There are elements that are just like they exist in the world, and no matter what, they'll always be radioactive. I mean, that's like when I think of um, what is it? Curie. Who? Curie, who got the Nobel Prize for discovering like radioactive material. That's a history question. I would ask you that. <laughs> okay, I know, but I'm just saying that like they did that. They did all of this work with radioactive material, and then like they probably ended up dying from it. And I guess I was wondering, because I would imagine that radioactive material or radioactive like elements are just really unstable. Like they always talk about, um, what is it called? Those like particles. Free radicals. Yeah, free radicals being the reason that radioactive material is bad for you. And I guess I've never really understood how any of that worked and like how an element would have that if it was... Because I assume elements are stable, right? But maybe only in certain forms. Not all. No, I mean, the most stable elements are either on the edges of that periodic table because, you know, for example, the noble gases, they're the the full... Like their rings are filled? Yeah, so they're electrons. It's a full uh, energy state. Wow, this is a tough topic. I'm sorry. So, no, that's fine. Um, let's try and deconstruct why they're radioactive. Um, so it all has to do with energy states, right? So radioactive materials have that uh, variety of energy states. When you look at the periodic table, most of those elements, they fall outside of that regular square rectangle, and they're at the, the bottom. Third, yeah, there's like the bottom few rows. Yeah, exactly. Um, they get absorbed into your system relatively easily i believe you don't want to come in contact with them so what i understood free radicals to be it was just like causing havoc with your cells like destroying cells and mutating them in a way that then they're reproducing in that mutated state and not doing what they're supposed to yeah but i mean for free radicals that happens on a natural like that happens every day mm-hmm. you know whether it, so it, this is just a concentration of it? Yeah, so I think it's just a higher amount of it that your body is unable to um, respond well to. You know, it can't convert those free radicals into something that is a little more stable or controllable. Um, I remember that, I'm trying to remember, was it mercury? What was the pill that you could take that you had? If you ate, you know, a high dose of this, then... Your body wouldn't, you don't have to worry about getting radiation poisoning because your body wouldn't be in contact with it. Or the the radioactive material wouldn't actually get into your, your body. Oh, I don't know. 
I don't know what you're talking about, but mercury. I I mean, I'm not saying mercury is something you should eat, but I think that you should eat it. Okay. No, I don't think you should eat it ever, (laughs) but I think that there was a pill for it. There Or maybe it was iodine. Iodine sounds right, but I don't know why that would be the case. But there was a pill that you would take Mm -hmm. and you would take a high concentration of it. And this way it would keep the radioactive material from getting into your system. But it must be very like temporary because why wouldn't they just be giving everybody that? Well, I think it's temporary but i think it's also something that's not good for you it's kind of like getting chemo because that's some sort of radiation yeah but it's like very very focused radiation right i mean it's focused in an area but if you've ever seen somebody with chemo they get affected everywhere no i understand that i I get it i guess okay so (laughs) we'll have to fact check that that answer any of your question um, I just, I really want to try and understand like what makes something radioactive. So I'm trying to think of anything I can recall. I feel you like have, it's just instability, but I don't. You have your radioactive isotopes and I don't explain know Explain what it's... an isotope is. Why don't you explain what Fourier's Ohm's theory law is? B equals IR. No, that was Ohm's. Give me a Fourier series. Break that down. Fourier series. Um, that's math. <laughs> but like an MP. Th- Why are we really doing this? Anyways. First of all, I can't explain it, but not well. Okay. Um, okay. So do you want to fact check it then? You were asking me if you answered the questions and I was just repeating what I was curious about. And you said isotope. And I don't really remember what that is. Is that just like, like H2O? Is that an isotope? So, again, I haven't had to deal with isotopes, but let's say you have helium where it's plus two, right? I think an isotope is either where it's like plus three or plus one. You know, it's where you're changing the electron. And that's where it has like, yeah, that's where it has an additional two electrons than it needs in its shell. Yeah. So we're going to fact check all of this. (laughs) I'm sorry. I thought it was a good question, but maybe it wasn't. I mean, it is a good question for somebody that knows a lot about radiation. I don't know. I thought it was, I mean, it's one of those things where I think you learn it at one point, but like you said, unless you work with it day in and day out, it's it's not that easy to explain. Where did, where did radiation come from? Where? Why did I want to understand it? Well, yeah. Why did you ask about it? Uh, I don't know. I was thinking about, I probably thought of it when I was at the dentist. Um, <laughs> all right. You ready to fact check? Yep. And we're back. Welcome to the fact check portion of this podcast. Where Ellie goes first. Alrighty. So I was pretty much right when I was talking about the series in parallel. And it works the same for both um, LEDs and incandescent, which is the technical term for the light bulb I was describing with the filament. They said that the reason that only like a portion goes out now is because it it is too expensive to put like each light on its own rung. So if you can imagine the ladder still, imagine each rung has multiple lights on it. So that's probably why you're seeing all of those wires because that's how they're wired. <laughs> and sometimes it's like every other light. Sometimes they're not all next to each other, things like that. Um, Two interesting things about Christmas lights that I didn't really know about are shunts. 
and fuses. And a shunt is like um, a wire of a lesser resistance that's put in between those two little metal prongs where the filament's at the end. And the reason it's, it, and it's coated with some material that makes it an insulator. But the reason that incandescent lights will go out is because too much current is passing over that filament and it is just too much and it burns through. And then you have that open circuit like I was describing. But the heat from where that full filament burned through will melt the coating off of the shunt. And that way, the current still passes through that light. It's not on, but it doesn't create an open circuit. Yeah. And they do that um, in a lot of the newer lights. Um, but you should still replace it soon because it is, you know, a lesser resistance. And, and you are then spreading more current over fewer bulbs. So you're gonna it's burn more likely out. that you're going to keep burning them out. Um, at least faster like in the older strings of lights when one went out the rest got brighter if that makes sense makes sense um and then the fuses like i was describing um are really like the worst case scenario preventers so they exist like where the plug is in the wall and what it does is when the current becomes like an unsafe level Okay, let me backtrack. The material in there is um, less sturdy than what the wire is made out of. So when it becomes an unsafe level of current passing through the lights for whatever reason, then that will blow and create an open circuit before the wire has overheated to the point where it can like catch on fire. So they do that to prevent the fires that used to happen with Christmas lights. So it's not less sturdy. It's just a lower threshold. Yeah. Okay. So I hope I explained that okay. I'm, I'll include the article, which was super helpful, that I found online. Uh, does that cover what you were asking? I think so. Asking? Great. All right. Now on to the, the real challenging topic. So talking about radioactive, you have things like Synonyms like radioactive decay, nuclear nuclear decay, radioactivity, nuclear radiation, which is the process by which an unstable atomic nucleus loses energy in terms of mass in its rest state by emitting radiation such as an alpha particle, beta particle, with neutrino or only a neutrino in the case of electron capture, or a gamma ray or electron in the case of internal conversion. Don't worry about that last bit. I was going to say all of that was very dense. So basically, when you say a radioactive isotope, and to talk about what an isotope is, it is um, there are variants of a particular chemical element which differ in neutron numbers. So there's the protons. I can't speak today. (laughs) There's the protons, there's the neutrons, and the electrons. And it's a case where there's varying protons or neutrons. Oh, so it's not the electrons. So it's not the electrons, which or makes the sense. the isotopes. Yeah. That makes sense because I thought that like like the shells were kind of like could not hold more than they're supposed to ever. Well, they yeah, they have a capacity, but, you know, they can reach higher energy states and lower energy states generally. But I mean, it's such a volatile process. It's not like it's I mean, it's pretty normal for them to change stage pretty frequently. So mm-hmm. 
Um, some of the natural occurring radioactive materials are uranium, thorium, potassium. Potassium? Like what's in bananas? Radium and radon. And then when we were talking about the pill, you have potassium iodide, which they call iodine pills, um, which help prevent uh, some of the damaging effects of radiation. So your thyroid, it uses iodine normally to make thyroid hormone. The radiation from nuclear event releases radioactive iodine into the air. When the radioactive iodine enters the body, the thyroid quickly scoops it up. Taking the iodine pills temporarily stops the thyroid. If taken prior to radioactive exposure, the iodine pills counter the effects of the radioactive iodine on the thyroid. This helps prevent the development of thyroid cancer down the road. How about that? And thyroid cancer, I guess, is the most common cancer from radioactive exposure. Yeah, seems to be the most prevalent. So like if you take the iodine pill, your thyroid's basically like, I'm good and wasn't and won't try and scoop up. Because it's so loaded up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like at its max. Um, So, you know, cancer, they use radiation. They use high doses of radiation to kill cancer cells and to shrink tumors. Because basically it's an overload. And then the last fact that I thought would be really cool is after Fukushima back in 2011, there were higher levels of cesium-137, which is a radioactive isotope. And you can find that to be more present in wines after 2011. So if you want to find out if a wine is fake, you can actually measure it for cesium. And if it was prior to 2011 or significantly after, you'll notice a difference in the amount of cesium-137 in the atmosphere. Well, in the bottle. Wait, so um, two questions. Okay. Was I right about Curie? And second... About what? About Curie discovering the first radioactive material. That wasn't part of the question. Oh, it was part of the follow-up. And then second, what is a free radical and why is it like bad for the human body? Let's look up free radical. I understand why like the iodine isotope is bad for the thyroid, but... So free radicals are going to be very different from like the alpha beta and gamma this whole topic oh i don't know why i thought they were related yeah so the free radicals have a lot to do with the valence electrons which was driving me crazy (laughs) because i couldn't remember i am so bad at this and valence electrons are what are ready i know what are ready to bond with other elements that's like what will, depending on the type of bonding, that's what will attach it. It's like those outer shell mm-hmm. electrons. Mm-hmm. Wait, so, okay, so free radicals has nothing to do with radioactive material? I was going to say, I can save it for another question <laughs> if you want. Okay, so, I mean, we don't have to cut it, but we can just say that it doesn't relate, that it's it has to do with something else, and I we mixed that up. Um... I just want to read a really quick bio on Marie Curie. Let's see. She was born in November 1867 and died in July 1934. And she was a chemist who conducted pioneering research on radioactivity. She was the first woman to win a Nobel Prize, the first person and only woman to win twice, the only person to win a Nobel Prize in two different sciences. All right. That's all. 
She's known for discovering polonium and radium. Good for her. Wow. That was salty. And that was I Should Know This <laughs> with Ellie and Ellie. What? What? Why'd you say Ellie and Ellie? Because you're looking up your own answers to your own questions that you're asking about history stuff. Um, I'm allowed to ask a relevant... She's a chemist. That's a relevant question, especially when it comes to radioactivity. I don't know any chemists in history, so... None. Bill Nye. He's not a chemist. Well, then, that makes it zero. <laughs> All right, Joey's mad at me, so we're going to end this podcast. Thanks for listening. Um, be sure to fill out the Google form if you have anything you'd like us to talk about during this podcast. And we hope everyone has a very happy holiday. We have one more episode for the new year. I thought you were going to say episode 10. Actually, this is the last one of 2018. That will get published? No. Okay. All right. We got one more in 2018. Stay tuned.